When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Army and fellow music fans, I'm Kayla. And I'm Bethany, and we're the hosts of Standing BTS from the Consequence Podcast Network. We're a bi-weekly show that covers the impact and legacy of K-pop group BTS. We mix the perfect blend of research and fangirl as we take a deep dive into lyrics during album reviews, theorize over music videos, and keep up with their current events. No BTS topic is off limits. We welcome everyone into the conversation, whether you're a casual fan, committed ARMY, or someone who's just curious about one of the biggest music groups in the world. Come chat with us every other Thursday with a new episode wherever podcasts are found. Welcome to Good for a Weekend. I'm Cressy. And I'm Allie. And you're listening to an individually recorded episode where one of us has some thoughts to share, and they aren't quite long enough for a full-blown episode. Yes, we're working on our regular length episodes, but had something to say in the meantime. Without further ado, welcome to Don't, don't Blame Allie. Me Just love, don't. Crazy if it doesn't, you ain't doing it right. Lord save me, my drug is my Hello, baby. and welcome to this edition of Don't Blame Allie. I am so excited because I'm bringing on a special guest this week. Her name is Demi Henderson. Demi, do you want to say hi? Hey. <laughs> um, we met here in Charleston, South Carolina, because we worked for the same blogger, influencer while we were here, and we just kind of took off from there. So Demi, my very first question, it's going to sound like I'm interviewing you for a job. <laughs> okay. In three words, describe yourself, because I have three words that I would use. Um, I would say that I am very, I would say <laughs> I'm very, very, I can be pretty dominant. Whoa. <laughs> um, just like. Personality-wise, very dominant, I would say. Okay. My style uh, would be very timeless slash French. Oh. And then my, like, I think the way that I interact with people, I think that I try to be, like, very agreeable or pleasant. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Amicable. Yeah. For sure. I try to be likable. I would agree with that. You're also making me second guess every way I've answered that in any interview (laughs) in my life. French? What? I'm like super, super French. (laughs) Oh yeah. I don't speak a lick of it, but like (laughs) my entire style Pinterest board is like very Parisian chic. Like, I mean, I'm in your apartment as we speak and I would agree with that. Yeah. Very like 
Zara-esque, I think, okay. is, is my entire brand. Yeah. Do you want to hear the three words yeah, I use? Yeah, I'm like a little nervous to see what your three <laughs> words are. But yeah. I actually thought of them as we were just like sitting in your kitchen talking. <laughs> but they're not as like cool as yours. Um, I mean, like, I think you're a very cool person, but like... <laughs> She's cool. like, my words were nowhere near. Cool. <laughs> my words were definitely not French. <laughs> no, okay. My words were creative. Okay. Driven. Yeah. You're a very driven person. I'm very driven. You have a lot of projects. Yeah. And then the last one, this one's my favorite. And this is what made me want to ask you this question. <laughs> and I think it ties to Taylor Swift. I think you're a very romantic person. Oh, absolutely. Can you yeah. not tell from my bouquet of red roses that I, I purchased for myself? I know. No one bought me those. I, mean, you know, I thought that Lewis bought those for you. I Yes, I, I would totally agree. I think that okay. the romantic part goes very much along with like the the french part yeah no yes when you said french i was like okay that adds up yes i think it all it's all connected yeah Yeah. and we're gonna get into the taylor swift of it all a little bit later really soon yeah but i feel like that kind of ties into taylor swift a little bit oh yeah like i feel like you are a hopeless romantic type um absolutely oh (laughs) for sure for sure um connecting it like weirdly like connecting it to the Taylor Swift of it all I think that like and we'll talk about like my journey and personal relationship with Taylor but like I think that after I like started seeing how much I had in common with her I was like okay I guess maybe she's not everything I (laughs) she's not the devil (laughs) yeah so, yeah, I guess she's not, like, ugh, the worst. Yeah. But, no, I'm totally a hopeless romantic. You are totally her audience. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Have you listened to Enchanted? Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. Like, I've listened. After, after I became a Taylor Swift fan, I had to, like, stop and, like, really, like, just go through it all. Yeah. So, like, I, I know for sure what my favorite Taylor Swift song is. Okay. Like, without, without a doubt. I'm really excited to hear it. Let's go through the interview and then I'll guess what it is. Yes. It's not going to be what you think it is. Oh, shit. It's not going to be what I think. Okay. It's not going to be what you think it is. Okay. Well, that's going to entice everyone to listen till the end. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, my very first question. And this one's like just a warm up. Okay. When was the first time you remember hearing a Taylor Swift song? Uh, 2007. (laughs) Specific? Very specific. Isn't that the year uh, that she won the VMA? Ooh. Wait. Let's look. Let's look. Yeah. I think it's... Wait. You're talking about the Kanye year, right? Yeah. I should totally know this because we have a whole episode on it. When did Kanye storm... (laughs) When did Kanye West burn his entire life down for the first time? 2009. 2009. So then the first time I heard of Taylor Swift, or like the first time I realized who slash what Taylor Swift was would have been like 2008. Okay. Right before that happened. So Fearless Era. Yes. Okay. Do you remember the moment or do you just like kind of remember her emerging? I I just remember this like being. (laughs) Just like coming. This like person and like I think 
so a little bit about like my background. Um, my godfather is in the music industry and like I have very vivid memories of like growing up and my godfather sending us like these huge boxes at Christmas with like record label merch and like mm-hmm. all sorts of like we would have listening parties and he would like make my sister and I like mixtapes wow. and he owns a record store in um major city and Atlanta he- right no, am I completely wrong? Wait, he, um, in Cleveland. Oh, Cleveland! Yes, yes, I'm yes. so sorry. It's okay. Not everything revolves around Not ATL. Everything is in Atlanta. Alex. <laughs> I'm God. so sorry. I well, Cressy's Atlanta based. Just said Cressy's in Atlanta. <laughs> I know. I don't like, and because That's the Auburn totally of it all. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he. So I have like very vivid memories of like, just music constantly playing. Blah mm-hmm. blah blah blah, and like thinking like. Oh, like, I just had, like, a very deep appreciation for music at a young age. Mm -hmm. And, like, I don't really remember the first time I, like, consumed Taylor Swift as, like, her music and, like, trying to figure her out and Mm -hmm. if I liked her. I just remember, like, oh, like, the blonde curly hair. I remember... (laughs) I loved that. I know. The blonde curly hair. And I remember, like, vividly... um, I guess my godfather at one point referred to her as, like, America's sweetheart. And I, like, never let go of it. That is, like, how I referred to her for, like, the next ten years. I was like, yeah, America's Mm -hmm. sweetheart, Taylor Swift. But, like, I didn't say it kindly. I said it very Oh my, like, really? Oh my gosh. Because Cressy has said that, too. Like, I always viewed her as America's sweetheart. That's how everyone viewed her up until reputation era, of course. And I don't know. I don't know if I was just, like naive or oblivious but I never really like realized Taylor Swift was known across all audiences that way oh yes um I remember things like that I remember when she dated Joe Jonas (laughs) that was our whole last episode I remember when she dated Joe Jonas and I was like but that was of course when I hated Taylor Swift so I was like good she's lucky she got 27 seconds like gosh oh yeah and we're gonna get into Demi's journey of how she used to hate Taylor Swift, and now she's come to the light. She had her coming to Taylor. I did. Um, I did. Um, but I, I guess we just have to go ahead and gonna... rip the bandaid off. Demi used to hate Taylor I, Swift. I did. I like a truly. So at that time, I didn't, I will also say, like, I didn't exactly understand the role that she was playing in, on the business side of her image. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think that I just had, like, this very strong, like, aversion to, like, any sort of figure who I felt like was, like, too manufactured. And mm-hmm. I've always felt that way. Well, it's fake, kind of. Exactly. Yeah, like, that's, that's how you interpret it. That's, like, how I felt about Taylor Swift. So mm-hmm. it's, like, she's singing Bubblegum Pop, which, mm-hmm. like... It's fine, but, like, that's just, I've never been... Don't get me wrong. There's, like, a couple mm-hmm. of, like, earworm songs that, like, yeah. everyone loves. But, like, I've just never been, like, a super poppy person. Mm-hmm. And I never felt like her... Even her country music was still kind of um, a little closer to the pop spectrum. Yeah, I would say so. So I had... That's, like, another thing. Growing up, because I loved... 
I loved rap music and I mm-hmm. loved R&B. I also very strangely had like this very deep feelings for like true country music. Like I, my family what, like thought, Willie Nelson? Yes, my family <laughs> thought it was so weird. There was like some song and it was like, I'm not going to sing it, but the refrain of the song was, we love the country and we like it that way. And I I know that song. Six-year-old Demi, like, jam into that song, but then, like, the next song would be, like, Mockingbird by Eminem. (laughs) And still having as much of a good time. And it was just, like, then Taylor Swift, I was like, it's just a little too, like... Mm-hmm. It's that's not interesting. That's not complex, and she's just singing it. what other people are telling her to do. She probably doesn't even. It's like she probably doesn't even like her hair like that. She's just doing it because that's what other people are telling her to do, and it's all mm-hmm. basically because she's just a part of a big machine. And it's so funny, big, big machine. <laughs> Did you do that on purpose, Demi? <laughs> I just. <laughs> Basically, yes. Demi runs the podcast now. She started off by saying she's dominant. She was way less nervous than I was beginning this podcast. When we got started, I was like, it's fine. Yeah, I'm ready for it. And you're like... I'm like shaking in my boots. I'm like, yeah, we're going to be fine. Demi's in control now. I I think that I just like... I just didn't get it. Mm-hmm. And because of how I was raised and my specific relationship with the music industry, I did grow up with like a deep love for Kanye West. Okay, we had to get there. Yeah. 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 So, so being a big fan of Kanye West then, how did you feel when he stormed the stage? I remember, so I was only, I was 10. Mm-hmm. And I knew who Kanye West was. I knew who Taylor Swift was. I remember I remember where I lived. I remember being in the living room with my mom and my sister. My sister's paying no attention at all. Mm-hmm. I'm like hyper-focused because I'm going to go tell my godfather all of the fun <laughs> things. We're going to go home and talk all about it. Yeah. But my mom was sitting on the floor and I remember it happening and my mom going, oh no. Oh no. And I was like what and she was like this just isn't gonna be good and I was like he said what he felt I don't understand what the problem is because like 10 year old me doesn't understand like like, the implications like what's really going on you're like what's wrong (laughs) like he said that she he can't take the award from her mom like what (laughs) and then we called my godfather oh god I guess like the next day um and my mom was like I'm, I'm going to kind of say what I wrote. No, it's saying. good. Say it. My mom's like, uh, he took that award from that little white girl. <gasps> and I was like, oh. And my, I just remember, like, just being, like, tense. Yeah. And, like, it wasn't... So, like, because I loved Kanye West, I understood, like... Kanye West is having the worst time of his life because his mom's just died. Like, yeah, I understand because, like, I love Kanye West. Like, the significant role that his mother played in him mm-hmm. pursuing music. I understand how close he and his mother were. Like, I'm like, mm-hmm. if if my mom just died, like, my life would be flipped upside down too, and I'd probably do stupid stuff. Yeah, I. I but like, I did not understand. Yeah, 
exactly what was about to go down. And, I mean, and also, we have to also consider that he was saying, you know, Beyonce should have won, who is a black woman. Yes. And then it went to a white girl. And no one can say that Single Ladies was not an incredible music video, an incredible achievement, you know. So it, I... From the other side of it, I don't think that anyone... So, object... I like Taylor Swift. Obviously. Now. I am here. <laughs> She's on the... Po- we agreed to get her on here. the podcast willingly. I was not forced to do this. Um, <laughs> I love... Like, when I... When I get drunk and I start talking, I'm like, do you guys want to talk about Kanye West? And oh everyone's gosh. like, no. <laughs> subject considering I'm like, I'm like I've got 12 minutes of conversation <laughs> the single ladies music video in comparison to the you belong with me music video single ladies video is like objectively better like we, it should have won but I think yes. like, the thing was like Taylor Swift was making like major strides at that point in her, like yeah. in the last year she had had such an mm-hmm. amazing like progression and yeah. that video was a huge part of it. And, yeah. like, I think that was the part of... I think that was the yeah. point in giving her that award. I think, object like, artistically... Yeah. Th- and Beyonce was a woman at that point. I was point. about to say, yes. Yeah. Like, she... That was not her first career yes. achievement, you know? Yes. I think there were significantly... There were so many more other consequences of him. He didn't just get up and say, like oh, I think that the single ladies video was better than the other one. Mm -hmm. He was, like, looking back on it, like, taking a major moment away from someone, not Mm -hmm. that she was up and coming, but, like, someone who was trying to, like, progress in their Mm -hmm. career and took, like, a major first moment from her. Mm -hmm. And realistically, like, now time has passed and she's talked about it more. Like, Mm -hmm. from her perspective, people start booing. Yeah. she does not know who they are booing. And mm-hmm. even if they tell you, like, oh, no, 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 honey, they weren't booing you. They were booing him because he was the monster and he was mm-hmm. the villain. Like, you still have to deal with the fact that you felt those emotions in that moment. Traumatizing. Yes. Yeah. So, like, I don't think that he, I know, but, like, he didn't understand exactly what he was doing in that moment. And it was much larger than just saying that the single ladies video was better Mm -hmm. because if you're just looking at the video yes it was better (laughs) like artistically yeah but like the fact is like the person who wins song of the year doesn't just get song of the year because their song got played the most yeah there's a lot of other factors that go into it yeah and something that actually happened and i'm not going to remember the exact specifics but you know how at award shows um there are certain categories and then there is of the year awards Mm -hmm. so actually what ended up happening was beyonce won the bigger award i think it was like something like female music video and then beyonce won like the overall, like, best music video, whatever, of the year. And so, like, part of the thing that probably Kanye West in that moment, he was just acting intuitively, like, sporadically, like, in that moment, just like, I'm going to storm the stage, this is an injustice. Yeah. Which, objectively, yes, like, Beyonce created 
an amazing video. I'm only saying objectively because I know some listeners are probably going to come after me. But, like, no one can argue the cultural reset that was single ladies. Exactly. Yeah. I think think that that was a very big first... I think that a huge reason why Taylor Swift got that award was because it was such a big first moment for her. Mm -hmm. And, like, You Belong With Me was such a big thing for her. Yeah. The single ladies video was, like, for the culture. Like, everyone. Weddings? Weddings have never been the same. (laughs) No night out is complete without single ladies. And, like, I'm great. Like, you are never going to hear that song and not do the little handshake. Mm -hmm. You're never going to hear that song and not think of the black leotard, the black and white. Yeah. It's, it was truly, like, that video when I think of, like, artistic music videos, that mm-hmm. is up there without it seeming, like, it's super, like, avant-garde. Like, it's not like the, um, somebody that I used to know. Yeah. Like, I think that's a super artsy video. I think Single Ladies goes artsy and creative and is a little more artistic than, yes. like, holding up signs in my high school. Yeah. I mean, but then also, like, it also, you know, goes to show, again, you know, we've said this, but, like, Beyonce was a woman. This was not her yes. first rodeo. You know, like, absolutely, she was mature. It'd be like us creating a video now in our 20s versus if we created a video in our teenage years. Exactly. No one wants to see that. I don't know. I love videos of Allie from <laughs> high school. <laughs> oh, God. High school alley, ten out of ten. Oh god! One day you guys will know she's the video she's <laughs> referring to. <laughs> I had to think for a second. I was like, "What video from high school has Demi seen?" And then I go, "Oh my god, wait!" I she said, "Oh, the." <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, so one of the things. So we've talked a lot about you know obviously fearless Taylor's version just came out so we've been talking a lot about fearless and one of the beautiful things about fearless was that it encompasses that high school innocence immaturity like so well that like you know no one's saying like this is you know the deepest most amazing like adult thing I've ever seen it's just like she encompasses that high school point of view so well and that's what kind of makes fearless so magical and resonate with so many people. Absolutely. So in her video, holding up the signs and kind of being silly and dancing in front of a mirror encompasses that innocence and like that youthfulness and like things like that. Whereas Beyonce, as a woman, you know, obviously like adult versus teenager is going... (laughs) Demi is doing the hands of single ladies right now. She's like, yeah, I know. Yeah, like it's art. (laughs) Game changer. I mean, like, how can you compare like... It's, they, I don't think, I think that that's, like, a problem in just, like, award shows and the Mm -hmm. way that, like, those things work in general because there is so many things behind it other than just, like, the video. Yeah. And then I think even with all of the categories that there are, I think, like, it could be even more because it's so hard for you to want to compare, like, artists like Mm -hmm. 19-year-old Taylor Swift to... 29 year old Beyonce yeah who's been in the music industry as long as Taylor Swift's been alive (laughs) yeah you know it's like tough but yes it's tough because you see like you know you can see the injustice of it and then it's like I don't know if it really applies to this situation but it's just a thought that just occurred to me is when 
musicians are under the age of 18 or 19, you know, teenagers, like, regardless if you're considered an adult or not, you're not quite an adult yet, you know? I don't even think I'm an adult at 24, you know? Like, we're still pretty young, but it's kind of crazy to me how musicians, especially, like, nowadays, like, Olivia Rodrigo and, like, Billie Eilish and those types, they're seen as adults when they're still under 18. Oh, yeah. And it's like, wait, and we're all, like, this is our popular media, and, like, what really makes me think about it is Britney Spears. When she was 16, like, being so sexualized, being seen as an adult, putting against... Oh, yeah. The equivalent of what Beyonce was in Single Ladies, like, there's a problem. It's, like, it's completely insane to me comparing, like, artists, say, in the 90s, or late 90s, when Britney Spears is coming mm-hmm. out, versus, like, Taylor Swift's, who, I would say, the 2000s. Mm-hmm. And then, I can't really think of a great one in the teens, but, um, like, Billie Eilish's and Olivia Rodrigo's now, mm-hmm. um, just the level of control that they have and how mm-hmm. it changes. Mm-hmm. So, like, Miley Cyrus talks now about how in control she was when she was going on tour. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so interesting comparing it to, like, Britney Spears versus, mm-hmm. like, I fully... Billie Eilish and her brother, mm-hmm. they are calling shots and making mm-hmm. decisions on their careers, and I absolutely love that. And I mm-hmm. think it's allowing for so much more variety in like Mm. what we're like considering as mainstream music Mm -hmm. and it's just fantastic Mm -hmm. I literally like I love it but it's just crazy when you think about like we were born in the 90s so literally just over our lifespan Mm -hmm. how much like the control that a female artist in like mainstream pop has it's crazy another thought that occurred to me is like kind of single ladies is kind of a feminist stance too you know like when have women who are single been celebrated in that way until Beyonce did that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because women are expected to, like, always want a boyfriend, and, like, that's fine. Like, like we said, Demi's an extremely romantic, romantic person. <laughs> but, like, oh, yeah. you know, like, I think that's something to consider, too, is Beyonce really was, like, I'm a single... Oh, well, she wasn't single, but, like, you know, like, yes. saying single ladies... That's the other thing. Hell yeah. How did you let her get away with that? She was not. I know. She we're was like, just making anthems for like groups that were not hers. Like, she's on the other side. Like, yeah, she's but like, have fun being single, ladies. Here's a song for you. Like, she's married. I know. Living in her Vic mansion. I know. Poor old me doing dollar shots at <laughs> Mint. Like, I don't even want to yes. think about myself at Sky Bar in Auburn, Alabama when single ladies comes on, like, waving my hand in the air, like, I'm single. Oh, no. Yeah. That, that's me now. I'm not single now. <laughs> That song comes on and it's like, I have to do it. I'm just like, sorry. I leave my boyfriend at the bar. (laughs) It's okay. Lewis is never going to listen to a Taylor Swift podcast. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm literally going to send it to (laughs) you. Oh my God. Hey, Lewis. Hey, Lewis. (laughs) Um, Don't play single ladies if you're out at a club. Never, never request it. Oh yeah. No, if you see me at the club, single ladies is the song you need to request because... It's going to bring out a whole new side of me, basically. So the next part of the interview that I want to get you know, like to... My very serious, very structured interview. What is the next part? <laughs> I was like, where, what? Oh, I thought she was about to take control again. I thought you were going to take like, control. So, yeah, here's my question for you, Allie. <laughs> I really thought that was what was about to happen. Um, okay. 
so we've kind of touched on this and I feel like this is a natural progression before we get into your individual experience with Taylor Swift. Yeah. Um, the thing that I want to touch on, and I think it's something that we've never touched on the podcast before is how do you think race has affected the way you interpret Taylor Swift in the media and in the past as well? Oh, for sure. And how it also makes you feel about her work. Okay. So I will say, um, initially I think like a huge part of my feelings, my, aversion towards Taylor Swift was connected to the fact that she's a tall, blonde, skinny, Mm -hmm. white girl. Yeah. Um, And it's not as though it seemed like anything she was doing or creating was super complex. At the time, you're like, okay, like, great. Like, the cute, blonde-haired white girl is singing, like, You Belong With Me over Mm -hmm. and over and over again. Yeah. It's like, okay, she's singing a song about Romeo and Juliet. It's like, great. Like, you felt like it was kind of cliche, maybe? Yes. It didn't seem like there was... It just didn't seem like there... For rap music and the lyrics, like, in the type of music that I was listening to... There were, like, very, very detailed and intricate stories. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm specifically talking, because I hate to be that person, but, like, I think Kanye West is one of the most genius lyricists, like, mm-hmm. of our lifetime. And, like, we're lucky that we're getting to experience this, like, as it's happening. Yeah. Um, the progression of his lyrics, he is funny. Mm-hmm. Um, he was one of the first rappers who was bringing a lot, who brought a normal middle class lifestyle to like mainstream rap. So mm-hmm. where other one, everyone else was rapping about like drugs and sex and like yeah. drinking and doing drugs. He was like, bro, I'm, tr- I'm just trying, I'm, to, talk I'm about trying to give some money to my mom and I don't <laughs> know what to do. Like that was like yeah. the type of things he was rapping about. He yeah. was making a very active role in the production of his music. So he was actually one of the first people who pioneered this song sampling process called Chipmunk Soul. So he Mm -hmm. was like sampling music, which isn't a new concept, but he was just doing it differently. Mm -hmm. So when I'm comparing all of that knowledge that I have about Kanye West, this black guy from Chicago, like Mm -hmm. he worked at the Gap, I wish I could wear clothes from the Gap type thing. <laughs> yeah. um, to blonde-haired, blue-eyed Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. who is singing about you belong with me. Mm-hmm. Can't you see that I'm the one who understands you? And I'm like, yeah, yeah I guess so. Mm-hmm. So I think that I was just like, why? I think part of my disdain for her was, like, she's getting the most for doing the least, that sounds Mm -hmm. very bad. And I understand that that's, like, not the case now. But, like, at the time, that was, like, how I was taking it. And I could see that, like, a huge part of that is because Mm -hmm. she was fitting into, like, this traditional beauty standard. And, like, she's tall and skinny and blonde Mm -hmm. and, like... Very model-esque. Yeah. Yeah, like, like, typical whitewashed, you know. She's, like... Taylor Swift being dorky is her putting on glasses and a t-shirt that has, like, some writing on it. Like... I kind of, honestly, like, I'm hearing that from you, like, it is so interesting to me, you know what I mean? Like, and it's just something, especially at that age, like, now I'm more mature and I can, like, kind of understand 
deeper, but like when we were going through that time, when yeah. Fearless was first coming out, like and me being a white girl, like I was just so oblivious to any implication, you, you know? Like, frankly, like you look at Taylor Swift and you're like, oh yeah, cool. Like, cause you yeah. look like Taylor Swift. Yeah. I don't. So yeah. like at the time I'm like, great. And then with my understanding of like how much I have this deep appreciation for like music mm. production. Mm-hmm. I'm like, great, like, she wrote the song. Well, mm-hmm. like, she wrote the song, and it's not like it was very... You, you, mm-hmm. I think in a lot of rap music, like, you have to be, like, witty and, like, yeah. punny and, like, understand, like, the words that you're saying and, like, yeah. making it double entendres and, like, yeah. making it all very consistent, like, you know? And yeah. it's very, very different than, like, just, like, the lyrical structure of what mm-hmm. Taylor Swift was making at the time. And... Correct me if I'm wrong, but oh, how sure. I'm interpreting what you're saying. Yeah, I know. I will. <laughs> she's Tommy's in control. So she's going to correct me if I'm wrong. But how I'm interpreting this um, is Kanye, as a black man, was working five times harder than Taylor Swift, in your opinion, at that time. Yes. And Taylor was getting equal, if not more, credit than him. Yes. And I think another thing that I just didn't like is it just felt very manufactured. Mm -hmm. So with an understanding of like how, you know, like you have to put out an image, but like eventually at some point everybody cracks. Like you, you see behind the wall, like you have to at some point and it just like seemed like it just didn't happen for her. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well it's for me, like that one time that like, Miley Cyrus smoked out of a bong. Like, <laughs> you were like... <laughs> I was like, she's a human. Yeah, like, when you make see mistakes. Vanessa Hudgens, like, sending out her nudes, you're like... <laughs> yeah. You're like, dang, that sucks. But, like, she's yeah. a human. Like, she's doing she makes something mistakes. that, like, normal people will do. Yeah. I'm gonna say, until I was, like, 17 or 18, it just felt like there was no... No, I'm, I'm gonna say, until the, uh, the phone call... Oh! It felt like there was, like, no... There was nothing... Yes. Yeah. And it was like, okay, well, are you that manufactured, or are you that much of a fake bitch? Like, what... There has to be something under. Something's not adding up. Yeah. Um, And I'm gonna say, like, from a consumer point, I think after... Well, after she came out of that suitcase for a year... um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm so dead. (laughs) I think it, like, that was, like, a very big turning point for her image, and, like, after that, we got to see a lot more of her actual personality. Yeah. And I do understand now that, like, I think a lot of what I was seeing before was strategic business moves. Yeah. And, like, she knew at a very young age that this was the industry she wanted to go into, and she knew at a very young age what she was going to have to do to do that, so I think that she knew... I think she's always known she was, like, building an image. And, like, Mm -hmm. that was the thing that mattered. And that was what was important. But, like, from my perspective, it was like, all right, well, here's this little white girl again. Yeah. She's here. And then she's over here releasing a perfume. And then she's over here. (sighs) I didn't even like the way it smelled. Oh, I I wore it. So (laughs) you would have hated the way I smelled for, like, five years. It's like, here she is again on this, like, stupid t-shirt. And it's like, uh, it's like... Uh, all right great so I think that I 
didn't like her strictly for the fact, like, as, like, a woman of color, you're, like, a reoccurring phrase that you're told growing up is, um, you have to work twice as hard to get half as much. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, there are so many people who are working harder and doing Mm -hmm. the work, and they're not going to get the credit that she's getting, and she's only getting it because she's a pretty white girl. Mm -hmm. So then I was like, I gotta fight the good fight and hate Taylor Swift, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I I think that's something, like, I've never really considered this, but, like, something that's so interesting and something she talked about in Miss Americana is how she so badly wanted to be perceived as good in the media, which is probably, and then as a result, with what you said about, like, never really seeing her make, like, a human mistake, like, never being able to see her, like, send the nude, or, like, not that she needs nudes, but, like... You know, send the nude or smoke a bong or, like, anything like that. Like, she didn't slip up once. You never even saw her, like, yell at a paparazzi. You know what I mean? Like, you never even saw her crack in that way. And I think that's something that's really interesting that, you know, she was trying and she's spoken about trying so hard to be perceived as good. And then it's like, no, like, we want to see that humanity. We want to see... It's the same reason I hate Steph Curry. Like <laughs> why? Because he's just too fake. Like it's just his too, family is like perfect. It's just yeah. too manufactured for me. So yeah, um, <laughs> show the like little bumps in the road. Yeah, it's like I want to see your kid throw a temper tantrum, please. Yeah, like sure. <laughs> I mean, because you know it's happening. No exactly. child doesn't throw a tam- temper tantrum. I just think it makes you more human and like again, like that's like another hard mm-hmm. example because. What? I'm from Cleveland, so, like, I yeah. love LeBron James. And it's oh, like, okay. I love LeBron James because, like, I can drive 15 minutes from my grandmother's house and see, like, the school he's built. Yeah. It's like, we can, like, see, like, actively, like, the things yeah. that he's doing. And then, like, sometimes he gets frustrated, but, like, he's playing a contact sport. Yeah. Steph Curry's like, thank you. I just want to thank my beautiful wife. I love my yeah. beautiful kids. Buy my wife's pots. Yes. Um, here's yeah. a free copy of our cookbook. Yeah. With, like, a dazzling smile. And he's, like, kissing babies and, like, signing yeah. babies' heads. And I'm just like, ugh. But, like, that's, like, the easiest comparison to how I feel about Taylor Swift. Or how I felt about Taylor Swift. And I, like, it's so interesting, too, because, like, there's such a move in, like, social media at all levels. Whether it's a celebrity or, you know, someone with a smaller following, etc. Like, to show the real sides of things. It's like the people who are now showing like edited photos and then the next photo will show their like cellulite on the back of their leg or like something like that, you know? And it's, that is a movement. And I think that's something that connects people is the humanity. Like no one wants to feel, you know, it's like you can be happy for people reaching that level of achievement, but you want to relate. I think that the the Miss Americana documentary was like a game changer for me mm-hmm. because I think like her, her really expressing that like she struggles with like this desire for perfection mm-hmm. that was like the first time I was like oh yeah mm-hmm. me too like yeah if you like you are coming to my apartment for the first time mm-hmm. and like literally like as soon as my, my apartment's not a mess but like as soon as you walk in I'm like oh my god I should have done this I, I, done this. And, like, I just want everyone to think that like yeah. I have my life together and like in general like I think that that's something that like I've struggled with in my personal life and that mm-hmm. first time that I saw and like 
got it, it made a lot of other things for Taylor Swift, like, add up for me. Mm-hmm. So I think that was the first time I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I guess we maybe have something in common. Yeah. And then it was like, a whirlwind from there. <laughs> <laughs> and so Demi really loves Taylor now, and... I am so excited about it. Thank God you've come to the other side. Half of my For You page on my TikTok now, so. (laughs) (laughs) Same. But I did not know that was the case for you. Oh, yeah. Um, But we're probably having very different days. (laughs) (laughs) Something that's really shook me about the Miss Americana documentary was when she spoke about her eating disorders. Yeah. Growing up, my family, myself, my friends, we always would talk about how skinny Taylor Swift was. And we always thought that that was her natural body. Oh, yeah, yeah, Like, and, like, everyone was just like, oh, she's just so skinny. Like, you know, and, of course, because people made fun of the way she danced and, like, whatever. Like, they were like, it's oh, because she's, like, so, like, gangly because she's so skinny and, like, blah, blah, blah. And I remember always thinking, that's her natural body. Yeah. And then when I saw the Miss Americana documentary and she showed pictures that I remember consuming when I was younger... And saying, like, I was so sick then. I was not eating. I was not that. It was, like, I have, like, chills right now just, like, thinking about Like, I was, like, oh, my God. Like, she was doing that to be perceived a certain way. And because being perceived as good, being perceived as pretty, being perceived as this, like, perfect person. Yeah. And it just kind of, I always thought that was just her, you know? And then, like, you never know what's going on. For sure. Underneath the surface. I think, like, as I've grown up and like had my own experiences um so I talk to you about my dating life all the time mm-hmm. it's basically yeah. my, my favorite thing to talk about she's a romantic uh, <laughs> did we mention that did we mention that yeah I don't know I know I kind of wanted to talk about your dating life like that could be like a whole nother episode um yes basically if you, if you like Taylor Swift music videos you probably like Demi's dating life if, <laughs> if you like lifetime movies and <laughs> extreme drama then you'll probably like my dating life it's a whirlwind oh I... my god <laughs> I've dated a couple of people who I would say a great, a very large factor in our relationship was our perception. Mm -hmm. So I think of like one partner specifically who most of the time I just refer to as Warner. Mm -hmm. So like Warner and I were very, um, Warner's family was kind of popular here. Mm -hmm. Um, like big last name in In Charleston. Charleston. Yeah. Um, But we would go places and do a lot of things. And because we started dating when I was kind of young, I had not experienced a lot of the things that we were doing. So we were going to, like, cocktail parties with, Mm -hmm. like, his family's business partners. Mm -hmm. We were going to, like, the yacht club and doing all sorts of things. So it was the first time I think I spent, like... It led me down, like, a very interesting path of being very, very aware of my appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, it led me to a very interesting path of like being very concerned about how I was dressing, how I looked, um, what other people were thinking of me. And like, mm-hmm. I think that that was like such a formative experience for me. And it's mm-hmm. made me very big reason why I am the way that I am now. And I wouldn't change anything about that experience if I could. Mm-hmm. But like, I think that, that part of the documentary specifically, I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I get it. Like, 
I, in that specific relationship, was never led to... I never felt like my body was a problem. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, the first time I opened a credit card was Mm -hmm. because I was going out with this boy and his family. And I was like, I don't have anything that I can wear. Yeah, and you were like, I need to fit I was like, I need to fit, like, this mold of, like, what... And I didn't live in Charleston at the time, so, like, Mm -hmm. I only had in my head, like, what the Mm. Charleston image was. So I was like, I have to go and find something. I was like, I will literally... I remember going to the store with my mom and being like, I need something like Lily Pulitzer, but, like, not Lily Pulitzer, because I don't want to wear Lily Pulitzer. Oh my god. But, (laughs) But like, I just remember being so consumed with, like my appearance and making sure Mm. everyone thought that I was good enough for him and making Mm -hmm. sure everyone thought I was good enough for like the Huntington last name. And like, I, so like seeing those aspects of Taylor, I was like, okay. Yeah. I guess we have like one or two things in common. (laughs) It's like, I guess I can see where you're not like the worst, but yeah. So let's dive into that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so what, I don't know if there's an exact moment, I, you've mentioned watching Miss Americana, was that your moment that you turned, or was it many different things that played a factor that then... I think it was a few things that played a factor. Okay. So I went, so the phone call. Okay. Um, I didn't take it as like a negative thing. I was like, she does things, like she's like a human. And yeah. then like, I was like, oh my God. That is... A point of view I've never heard in my life. Was like, <laughs> like it was obviously like a lot. And yeah. Like I, uh, it was obviously like a lot. Yeah. But I just remember being like, oh my god, like like she's a bitch sometimes. Yeah. Even though it was fixed later, I mean, but yes. yeah. But it was like okay, cool. Yeah. And like it like was also the first time I like put together. I have, I think I have a decent understanding of the fact that, like, celebrities are real people. And, yeah. And, like, there are things that we don't know about celebrities. But, like, I think that was the first time I was like, oh, Taylor Swift has, like, a personality. And, like, <laughs> real, I mean, yeah. she, obviously. But, like, she's got, yeah. like, relationships that, like, aren't in the public eye. And, like, yeah. she pursues her own peace and, like, does whatever she needs to do. Like, yeah. good for her. And then yeah. I was like, oh, and she's kind of kind of bitchy (laughs) you were like i love that she's bitchy i was like i mean yeah when i said dominant that's kind of what i meant (laughs) (laughs) what's your sign i feel like people are gonna be wondering oh my god i'm literally a cancer all i do is what i think the cancer and like a scorpio rising i'm a scorpio rising yeah i think that's why we get along pretty well (laughs) it's like our signs say you're normal people you're nice and then like our rising is like like, (laughs) you're not Oh, wait, no, it's my moon. It's my inner self. Okay, yeah. Okay, so you're rising in Scorpio, so that makes sense, because I feel like you're you're more bitchy on the surface. I am bitchy. I don't, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, I'm I, just bitchy underneath. I talk all the time about, like, my personality has gotten me this far, and, like, if you don't like it, then it's totally fine. Yeah, screw them. Exactly. Honestly. Honestly, I've made it this far, so my, yeah... So my Cancer Sun, Cancer Moon, Scorpio Rising. Scorpio Rising. Okay. Yes. Cancer Moon, too? Yes, yes, yes. I mean, that kind of makes sense why you're so romantic then. Oh, yeah. I'm literally, I think, like, so I think there's, this is a sidebar. I think that there's such a strong 
perception of like oh like a hopeless romantic like you think it's like the person who's like oh like yeah I think that I have a habit of like just over romanticizing which Mm -hmm. I think can be a little different yeah but like over romanticizing is the best way to live your life I'm like yeah everything's so fantastic this is the best cup of coffee I've ever had (laughs) like I like to think of my life as like I'm the star of a rom-com and it's just fantastic that completely makes sense why you pursue blogging (laughs) you're you're like everything about you makes a lot more sense young lady and actually you know what also makes sense what I realized when I corrected myself I'm not a Scorpio rising I'm a Scorpio moon but guess what my rising is Hmm. cancer oh yeah see (laughs) That's why we get along. I know. That's why we get along. That's why we get along. Demi, when she first met me, <laughs> said that she thought I had no personality. <laughs> it's fine. It's because, so, the day we met, you weren't having a great night. and it was, No. Yeah. That was fine. But, like, my habit, like, my instinct, like, whenever things are, like, a little awkward, is to just, like, overcompensate to make yeah. sure everyone's having a good time. Yeah. You're caring because you're <sighs> a cancer. Yeah. Yeah. It's so lame. Oh, I remember loving you that night. I mean, that was the first night I heard of her, like, dating extravaganzas across the world. This little jet setter over here. Um, And I was just like, I remember I said something to you when you were telling me, because basically Demi had this amazing, we can't even get into it. We can't even get into it. She had this, like, amazing, beautiful adventure when she traveled to Europe, fell in love, blah, blah, blah. But it happened out of disaster. She had a big ass breakup. That I sucked. Did. I did. That was also a major reason why I started to love Taylor Swift. Like, <laughs> you were like breakups. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But after you, uh, after you're in an experience where Taylor Swift songs are applicable. Like, yes. You're like, <laughs> yeah. I get it. Yeah. But I remember someone overheard. Demi and I were sitting on the couch. Like in a little corner, like cuddled up, like we were, <laughs> yeah. we were watching our um, boss's premiere on TV, yes. and we were like, I was just like asking Demi questions about a romantic life, and someone overheard me. I was like, well, sometimes the greatest experiences in life come after like the worst ones, or like so. Yeah. I was like, well, good for you, girl. Like you really like you're so confident. You go and get it, and like someone overheard us. They're like, what the hell is oh, happening yeah. in that corner? Oh yeah. <laughs> Listen, my, like, go-to conversations piece is, like, my dating stories because I'm, like, I just know it's crazy. Yeah. I just... You should write songs. I should. I should. You know? I've got a lot of understanding on how the music industry works. I I should be the next Brown Taylor. You should be. No. I... (laughs) No. No. You don't want to be a singer? No. You don't have that Leo energy? No. I have so much respect for people like that. Yeah. But, like, I could spend... So, like, we had that similar job previously. Yes. I could have spent the rest of my life being a personal assistant to someone who's famous. Like a worker bee. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, I would net... I'd be so fine if, like, I am just a blurred out face in the background of a paparazzi photo. Like, So you're private? Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. yeah. I, like... I like to be in control. Um, so yeah, yeah, we've, 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 we've figured that out that from this conversation. <laughs> yes. I like to be in control of what people know and understand. So that's why like, I love my social media accounts because mm-hmm. like you only know what I want you to know. Like, yeah. That completely like, makes sense. Yes. So now that you've seen the light. Yes. Now that I've seen the light, now that I understand that Taylor Swift is God. 
and <laughs> thank you. When I said you had your coming to Taylor in one of our first GFA episodes, I said coming to Taylor. It's like a coming to Jesus. Exactly. <laughs> I know. Like, I mean, it's n- not not <laughs> not that I worship Taylor like she's my god, but like she's my false just, god. It's like sorry. <laughs> I got that. I wasn't even sure if you would get that. I did. Oh my god, I'm so happy. She pointed at me right when I said that. I, like, get it. I yeah. I think that that was, like, the biggest thing. I, like, get it. Mm-hmm. Also, you have to guess what my favorite song is. But, um... Okay, yes. Is it from Lover? Is that what I'm gathering? No. Okay. No. I'm, I'm already asking hints. It should yeah. be, like, a 20 questions. That's what we're going to do at the end. I'm going to do a 20 questions. To figure out what And it then is. I'm going to figure out your favorite song. That's what we're doing. Okay. So, I... Okay, but no, no, no. So, my come to, my come to Taylor. So, I think that a lot of it had to do with me, like, understanding that, like, Taylor Swift was a human being. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just, like, a manufactured robot. Um, And then... It was going through a few experiences that I was like, oh, okay, Taylor Swift. And, like, I, I'm going to say after the documentary and then watching some, like, interviews and performances of her after all of that happened, it just made me, like, fall bored more in love with her. Because I think, like, the stuff with Kanye and the phone call, like, that was such, like, a turning point for, like her appearance and it was like yeah. at that point it was just out of her control mm-hmm. and she was just like all right well I guess I have to be like a person <laughs> and like that sounds so bad like yeah. it's like a bad way to word it but it's like she had no choice but to like yeah you're like trauma responses or like fight flight freeze and appease mm-hmm. I think that she was immediately like fuck flight so she mm-hmm. immediately like went away like I thought you were about to like, say fuck flight she went, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> fly. She's like, I'm going to have sex. And then I'm going to fly. Oh, my, yeah, because she did re- start releasing sex songs. I mean, that's basically me. Um, oh, my trauma sex res- songs? No, my trauma response is to have sex. And oh, what? <laughs> hey, we're talking about that later and when the microphone is not oh. going because I'm going to have to I'm going to have to see what psychological things are happening there because I need to check in on my friend. <laughs> oh, man. She, her response was to go and hide. And, like, yeah. I think that that's, like, super valid. And then that gave her the opportunity to kind of say, like, all right, well, like, I can either stay hidden or I can try and go back to the person that I was before. But it's been very clear. Like, everyone understands now that, like, part of that was, like, a mask, mm-hmm. or I can, like, try and, like, be myself and, like, re- worry less about the way that people are perceiving me and be, mm-hmm. like, this person who I am. And I think that she chose to be more herself and, like, mm. let us see more of her. Yeah. And I was, like, after that, I was, like, oh. Yeah. I kind of get it. Like, yeah. she's, she's... She's definitely, like, a millennial. She's, like, 31, so, like, sometimes yeah. she says things. You know more about Taylor Swift than I anticipated. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. said a couple of things tonight that I'm like, oh, shit, she gets down with some Taylor sometimes Swift. listen. I know. Also, everyone knows the year Taylor was born, so it's kind of, like, 1989. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe you don't. Know. <laughs> I, I caught like, you. I was like, is that what happened that year? She was like, I'm feeling interrogated. I'm sweating. I'm like... <laughs> She's... She's, like, a little... She's a little older than, like, most people realize. 
Yeah. So I think that, like, that plays a little bit into her sense of humor. And, like, I think that that's, like, fun. And it's, like, funny. Yeah. And I love that. And, like, I love that she has a sense of humor. Yeah. Because, like, I feel like we haven't seen it since she was, like, a teenager. Yeah. Um, She's definitely more, like, confident, you yes. know? Yes. Yeah. Love, I love, like, this evolution of her, like, style that's happened over the yeah. last, like, five years. Mm-hmm. Um, she very much sets her own trends. Yeah, like, I, I never really see her conform. Like, it's, like... I think that she's just, like, significantly more comfortable now. And, like, yeah. I think anyone, after you reach, like, a certain point in, like, the music industry or in any industry, like, you know what you're doing and you're, like, I'm at the top. Like, what are they going to yeah. do? Put me down? Like, yeah. I'm still going to live comfortably for the rest of my life. Yeah. I think that she is now at this point where she's, like... It's not even about, like, the finances, or it's not about, like, her image, but it's about, like, her, like, all right, well, if I'm going to keep moving, if I'm going to keep going forward in this, then, like, I want to do it Mm -hmm. for me, and I want to do it in the way that, like, the people who I love Mm -hmm. are happy about, and I want to create, like, these spaces and these opportunities for, like, the people who I love and make sure, like, um, with the... Then you need to calm down. Video. Yeah, I was about to bring that up, so I'm yes. so happy you brought that up. Um, yeah. Like, that was, like, I the video was fine. I was like, okay, cool. Um, very big critic of music videos, in case you can't tell. <laughs> oh, I was like, God. I, like, love, one thing I love about Taylor Swift, Homegirl is, like, a strategic businesswoman. She has her entire life planned out three years in advance. Yeah. Like, her little Easter eggs, game changer, I think, like, They've been causing some trauma for oh us lately. Oh my god, lately. don't even talk about it. <laughs> I, I understand that it's May 2nd now, and I, I was... understand April 30th was two days ago. Shit! Demi, I was like actually thinking, because, okay, people who listen to Don't Blame Allie, this edition, know that I always take a second to talk about trilogy theories. Yes. And I was like, I don't know, like I was, I thought about oh. bringing it up to you, no, and no, I was no, like, no, I don't honey, know. I told you, my whole For You page is literally... <laughs> But trilogy. But trilogy. Let's talk about trilogy. trilogy. Yes. Talking about unhinged theories. Let's go. Um. So literally, I do believe that there is a third album. I do too. Um. I'm really happy that you said that. I don't know when it is coming. Um. But like, I do believe it is going to come. I don't know if it is called Woodvale. Yeah, I don't. I'm not totally convinced that it's called Woodvale. Um. But she literally said she wrote a hundred songs. And yeah, like yeah. There's enough songs that she's mentioned, the scrunchies, the cardigans, the yes. everything. Like, I, I'm, I'm in the same Something. boat. Yes. I'm slightly surprised that it didn't happen this weekend. I'm surprised, but also, so if you listen to Don't Blame Allie, um, one thing that I said was, I originally thought that it was going to come before April 30th, okay. and I thought it was because, and my whole point behind it was that she's not going to want to be that predictable. Everyone's expecting April 30th. Like, she's not... Taylor Swift is not the type that wants to, like, put it out when people think it's coming. She released Mr. Perfectly Fun with a tweet. Yeah. Like, nobody knew that that was happening. I have Taylor Swift's tweet notifications on, (laughs) just in case you're wondering. And it's literally just a single tweet that says, Mr. Perfectly Fun. You are, like, full of surprises, Debbie. (laughs) I'm, like... I've learned so much in just one night. Oh, yeah. But, like... I didn't think, like, I honestly, I was really hopeful on April 30th. Now there's all these midsummer theories, all these Beltane theories, 
all things like that. You know I'm eating up every single one of them. I'm talking to you listeners. You know I'm eating it up. I'm unhinged. But I was not entirely surprised that it didn't happen on April 30th because I think Taylor tries to be a little bit more um, unpredictable than that. I think that one thing that I respect about her and have always respected about her is one, her deep, deep passion to like stay connected to her fans. Mm-hmm. And two, these little Easter eggs. <laughs> these little Easter eggs. Oh my goodness. She's, but like, and then when the time comes that something happens, then you sit back and you're like, it was in front of me all along. I know. What and they'll be, like, so obvious. It was, like, how the word lover was in the me music video. You're, like, yeah. You're, like, all right, that's just a sign. And then <laughs> it's, like, lover. And then you're, like, God, it was there. Literally in neon lights. Just, and I ignored it. Just so I know, what era did you become a Swifty? Was it Reputation? Because around Miss Americana, was it Lover? Um, 1989. Oh, so even before it, like right yes. before the video yes. then. Okay, so I like kind of like vibed with 1989. <laughs> oh my god. I was like vibing on the low and yeah. then Reputation and... Everything past that. Reputation and I were like very close. If we looked at my like most played songs from any year from like the last two or three years, I'm sure... You're giving me hints to what your favorite song is. It is not on Reputation. You're literally not. Okay, you've already given me two hints and I I have 18 more questions. I know. Okay, hold on. (laughs) I know. Okay. Is it this time in the night that we are going to do the 20 questions so I figure out your favorite song? So I'm like looking it up so I can pull it up on um, Wikipedia so that way I just have all of that information. Like album, era, everything like that. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. I'm really excited. Um, oh, do you, before we enter this last portion of the podcast, is are there any remaining thoughts you would like to say? No, like I love Taylor Swift. Like I think that like before this, you're like, yeah, Demi likes Taylor Swift, and now you're like, I had no idea your for you page was filled with trilogy oh theories. Oh my god, yes. So if you vibe super heavily with 1989, so do you like the trilogy vibe? Or I'm saying it, the trilogy, like it already exists. The folklore Evermore vibe. Um, there are like a couple of songs that I really liked. Um, when, if someone, uh, so my favorite Taylor Swift albums. Um, You're giving me more hints. No, I'm not. My first favorite album is uh, Reputation. I love Reputation. I'm a Reputation stan. I love Reputation. It was just such like a like branch away from like what she was and yeah. who she was. And she was like, F the past. We're going hard. And she was like, with the, there's the one, um, she was doing a performance and she's got a black turtleneck on and a guitar. And she was like talking I'm I don't think it was live in Paris but like she's like she's talking on stage and it was a performance of just her and a guitar and she was just talking about like how media used to like make her out to be this like villain and like she would just she, she's I'm literally gonna like mimic her body I'm I'm, I'm like trying to she's figure out what you're like, talking about I'm gonna find it on YouTube after this is over and show it to you but she's like the media just made me out to be this villain and I'd catch men and put them in my web and I'd eat them and then are you talking I, about Blank's face? okay so that this interview right before that's right before she started performing she was about to sing Blank's face but 
that performance and I think that that whole thought process of her just like taking it all back yeah is when I was like oh yes so everything for me that like looking back on it I'm like oh like she's taking she's like claiming her narrative like she's yes claiming what is hers and she's, she's being dominant it, yes <laughs> she's being dominant I Demi. Think she's a Scorpio rising dominant Demi I love that for her everything that I look back at it's her like reclaiming her stories yes those are my favorites so like yeah I still could give two less than two craps about you belong with me like yeah objectively I respect that. I Not, mean, it's fine. Yeah. It's like, it's a fine song. Everyone has different parts of Taylor Swift that resonate with them. Yes. And like, I don't think that it's wrong to say, I don't like you belong with me, even though I might like it or like anyone yeah. else might like it. Yeah. When, um, but then like her back to December is the song about Taylor Lautner. Yes. Okay. So like, were you I, a Jacob Stan or oh an Edward Stan? God. <laughs> I'm like, God. Okay. So I, hated those movies but like I still watch them as like comfort films <laughs> that I read all the books we're not even gonna dive into that no. but like to me when I listen to her songs that she's like written specifically about people it's her to me I take those as her refusing to let someone else control the story yeah it's her sharing her perspective mm-hmm. and her saying like what she went through and how her feelings about it all are mm-hmm. so like I love those whereas like 18-year-old Demi was like, all she does is write songs about the boys she dates, and that's so stupid. Classic. It's like, she should have more of a personality. She can't write about anything else. But then, like, I started dating more boys, and I was like... Adult Demi came into play. It is all too well. Yes, (laughs) man. All too... Oh. No wonder you were like, I want to be on this podcast. (laughs) I'm like, like, oh, it's kind of surprising. Like, she knows, like, that it's all about Taylor Swift. Like, she's like... like, Does she not know of the topic of my podcast? I know. Like, does she think we're just going to talk about, like, I don't know, Charleston? (laughs) Oh, no. I... Yes. Okay. But go ahead. You can ask me... The 20 questions? Yeah. All right. What was your first question again? Okay, so I've already asked you if it was on Lover or a Reputation. Yeah, it's on neither of those. Okay, so those are my oh, first also, two questions. Wait, uh, hold on. So you asked me earlier. I hate this. I'm going so bad. No, it's okay. So you asked me earlier when I remember consuming Taylor Swift for the first time. Do you see how Demi is still in control? Of his <laughs> yeah. She says, okay, you can ask me the 20 questions and then now. I said, you said, yeah, go ahead. But then I said, wait a second. Actually, don't do that yet. I'm going to go back to just, what I was saying earlier. I'm just along for the ride. Demi is the producer so of this episode. I am now um, a host of <laughs> this for podcast. A weekend. Also, Allie, you're going to hire me. <laughs> Thanks so much. You're going to pay me $50 an hour. Thanks. <laughs> She, the, um, it was the Speak Now tour where she wore her hair in a ponytail and had a purple dress on. Yes, I know exactly the one. Okay, so when she would go to a new city, she would try and sing a song. She would sing a new song at each stop from another artist who was in, who was from that from state. From that city, okay. So, Cleveland. I remember, nope, oh. she was, it was on Yahoo.com, so that's how old it was because I had a Yahoo email address. I wish and it was she, Ash Jeeves. Oh, <laughs> she sung Lose Yourself by Eminem. <gasps> oh, I actually have seen that cover. And that is the first time I remember being like, that's probably not the first time, but that was like the first time I remember being like, yep, that's a formative Taylor Swift memory in mm-hmm. my head. 
Do you know what the formative one for me is? What? Her cover of Umbrella by Rihanna. Yep. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I mean, like, uh, yeah. the Thug Story is still, like, a very... I know yeah. every word to that. Like, oh, the, are you talking about the SNL skit? Or um, the one T-Pain. where... T-Pain. t yes. Where she called herself a T-Swizzle or yep. for the first yep. time. Yes. Yep. Oh, yep. <laughs> All right. Now heading into okay. the 20 questions. Now it's time for the 20 questions. Go ahead. All right, I've already asked two. So it's not lover, it's not reputation. Correct. Feel free to guess along with me, listeners. All right, this is an unofficial edition of Gamer Girls. I'm looking at myself in the window. Demi's recording me, so I'm extra no, 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 nervous. I'm, I have my screen right here. Cause, uh, oh, you're it. hiding your yeah, screen. Yeah, so I've got the Taylor Swift Nike up. So I've got, like, the artist, the day that it was released, what specific genre it is, how long the song is. Once I figure out what era it is, it's over for you, bitch. Honestly, probably. Okay. Is it folklore? Nope. Is it Evermore? Nope. Shit. Oh, it's probably 1989. Nope. That's five. You said... You liar. You said that you didn't like early Taylor. I'm not a huge fan. This song is an exception. Is it better than Revenge? Nope. She Six. seems like the type, doesn't she? Oh my god, that's so <laughs> rude, because I know what that means. I know what that means. The disrespect I just threw Demi's way. Um, is it from... I'm, like, really hesitant to ask this, because I don't think it's the case. Wait. All right, well, the question I was going to ask, I'm just going to let this one, since I led into it that way. Is it fearless? Nope. Is it red? Nope. What the actual fuck? Is it the uh, is it her TS album? Nope. It's Speak Now. Yes. Okay, you brought up the ponytail. This is on me. She brought up the ponytail and the purple dress. Literally, I should have known. I did bring up the ponytail and the purple dress. I like because it's on this month. I literally asked every single era until this one. Um, what question am I on? Like eleven. <laughs> um, wow. And I even asked better than Revenge, and it wasn't that. Okay, let me think. Now we're getting real, because now I have nine more yeah. questions to ask, and now I'm going to look, I'm pulling up the track list. I know. Literally. I'm... Do you want me to give you, like, a really strong hint? No. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to figure this out okay. on my own. If I don't get it in the next three questions, then I'm taking the hint. Okay. That's Okay. I feel like it's not going to be a song you mentioned, so I'm not going to bring it back to December. Is it a obvious love song? Can I see the track list? Because, like, (laughs) um, okay, so it is not never grow up or long live if that's what you're referring to okay because like never grow up is the one about her brother yeah yeah so it's not one of those it's definitely uh, about isn't it about her brother it's I mean, about a kid yeah it's about a kid that's all it's i know not, yeah it's not that um 12 <laughs> fuck um <laughs> <laughs> i'm about to fucking flight <laughs> And I'm about to go hide in a suitcase for a year. Um, uh, also, that's my favorite irrational Taylor Swift conspiracy. <laughs> she was in a suitcase for a year. Wait, you actually, I almost brought this up, but when you said 
that she was in a suitcase for a year. She used to travel out of suitcases. And then when I realized what you meant, you think that after the video she was in a suitcase for a year? No, 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 no. That she, that people would, that her bodyguard, so have you not seen her bodyguard yes! carrying that Yes! I know exactly suitcase? what you're talking about. Yes. My favorite irrational Taylor Swift conspiracy theory is that she, so that they weren't seeing her in public, that she would fold herself and get into You know that, like, out of all the rational theories about Taylor Swift, that one's the one that's, like, been the most confirmed. That's, no. (laughs) Zayn Malik, Zayn Malik said in an interview, yeah, she used to travel in suitcases. That one's, like, pretty much confirmed. I mean, like, no one can release, like, because no one can, like, say, like, Zayn was definitely telling the truth. But he also could have meant, like, traveling out of suitcases. Like, when, no, he I, said in a when suitcase. I was unemployed, I lived out of a suitcase. I don't That's think... not true, but, like, I, like, I was going to... <laughs> that sounds bad. I was going to, like, from my house to my mom's house yeah. to my boyfriend's house, and I was, like, living You were in a, a nomad. I was living in a suitcase. Yeah. I was living in my car, but, like, yeah. I wasn't actually living in my car, so it could have been... And, you know, he's from England... There's a language barrier. <laughs> no, I think she was. I think he pretty much said she was swimming in a suitcase. Okay. If I had 20 minutes with Taylor Swift to ask her anything, that would be literally like one of the questions I asked. I want to go ahead and like. You have two more questions, so before you. Two? I had like six. Yes, but like. Oh, before, before the hint. hint. Okay, so you said that you really like when she shares specific experiences. Mm-hmm. Is it Dear John? It is. Ah! Dear John is my favorite Taylor Swift song. That's so interesting. When it's also her longest song. Um, when Lewis and I got into, we got into, Lewis is my boyfriend. We got into a very large fight um, a few weeks ago. I was like, I was going to go get Chick-fil-A. And I was like, you know what? I'll listen to some Taylor Swift. As we do when we're heartbroken. Yeah, it'll get me in my feels. And I cut on all too well. You of know? course. As we do. You know? And I was like, it's just not doing it for me. You know, like, I get it, but, like... I want to feel deeper. I want, like, I want to feel the reason why people love Taylor Swift. And... I love this. I have a playlist called, like, Taylor Swift Songs About Men or something like that. And one of them was Dear John. And obviously, like, in learning about Taylor Swift and learning to appreciate her, I feel like I've listened to every Taylor Swift song at some point. But, like, Dear John is something about that electric guitar and, like, the fact that it just feels like it doesn't end because it's, like, seven minutes long. Yes. Ooh, I was boo-hoo sobbing by the time I got to the register. The poor guy did not know what to do. He comped my entire meal. Are you serious? Oh, my God. I was crying so hard. My face was red. I'm black, in case you guys don't know. My face was discolored. My eyes were swollen. And I literally just had Dear John playing on repeat because it was Chick-fil-A in the Southeast at a lunchtime. So, like, I was there for probably 45 minutes. Probably, at least. The man literally was like, um, can I comp your food for you? And I was like, you don't have to do that. It's okay. Oh my God. <laughs> no, it's like, obviously not okay, yeah, ma'am. He was like, I think that you need it. He was like, I don't care if I have to pay for it myself, but, like, you don't need to pay for this meal. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, I just don't think I need to listen to this song when I'm emotionally <laughs> charged. 
ever again. I love that you said that you feel like it goes on and on, because when you're in a sad mood, you don't want the song to end. Exactly. I think that's my problem with, like, I feel like if I went to a Taylor Swift concert and I could pick the track, the set list, you know? Yeah. All Too Well would be on there. But I I would want her to play, like, the original. See, you didn't even know I knew this. The original, like, extended length All Too Well. So, like, the one that didn't get published you know that might come exactly the one that's got a bad word i should have known that she knew that it was gonna come exactly i should have known it's something that i like i love all too well because you know fuck jake gyllenhaal yeah but like fuck j names in general jake gyllenhaal john mayer john mayer but like i also do really love john mayer so we're not Oh, God. Um, you need to listen to our last episode. I, really? We just say fuck John Mayer like 10 million times. I, I think my favorite of her ex-boyfriends would be... Harry Styles, please. Okay, so, like, I love Harry Styles for me, not for her. Yeah. They don't really go together now. Yeah. People are going to cancel me for this. Now that we have this deep understanding of, like, we only know what she wants us to know, and, like, that sounds kind of, like, bad, but I hope you know what I mean. Yeah. She has, like, all of these, like, personal relationships that realistically we don't know anything about. I totally have in my head that her and Harry Styles are friends. I think because so. Because they both have, like, this very niche experiences of, like, what it's like in the music industry and 10 years and starting with, like, these very managed images and, like, management and them taking control of their careers. I totally yeah. believe in my head that they're great friends. Yeah. But... Some may think that he's on the nineteen eighty nine recordings. I doubt it. He's going to listen. I don't think that they're that great. Can we talk about his um, body rolls in that leather suit at the Grammys? <laughs> okay, so I, I, I have two very good friends, and they both love Harry Styles as to the point that one of them recently got um, his handwriting tattooed on her arm. It says something like. I don't even know what it says, but it's something on the, I think it's the dedication for one of his albums. I watched the Grammys with them and like, I know that like, they're going to piss their pants like because Harry Styles blinks. Yes. Like they're freaking out about anything. I, like my eyes started watering. I, like my jaw dropped. That leather suit was everything. I was like, huh? And then when he took the boa off and you saw that there was nothing underneath, Lord, him dancing, I was like... You know Taylor Swift was sweating. I mean, she loves Joe Allen. Oh my God, he has a J name. (gasps) What? now up on my phone when you were looking at the track list oh my god okay oh my god okay yes. i think with that i think with harry style with this harry is exactly Styles. how we ended our last one but i think with that we should end the podcast before demi and i just carry on about the most random Obscure. boyfriends oh yes it's okay i was gonna say i thought connor kennedy was the best fit for her at the time and when they were dating they con- they made sense they made sense. That was it. That was literally, like, I feel like every one of her other boyfriends, I'm always like, um. Like, yeah. I get why, why you think this person's attractive, because, like, everyone, like, she's got great taste in men. Just, like, everyone thinks this person's attractive, except for, you know, Camille Hamilton, the DJ. 
Oh, Calvin Harris? <laughs> the one that I, like, just didn't get. Yeah. Um, but everyone else, she's got great taste in men. I think that he was the best fit for her in, like, they just made sense at that time in her life, and, like, they're, they just fit. Yeah. And you were definitely a Joe Jonas girl, not a Nick Jonas girl. Or were you Nick Jonas? I think I was a Nick Jonas girl. <gasps> this was... makes sense, because so was I. Yeah, I was a Nick Jonas girl, but, like... I just... They worked out. They made sense. They made sense. They made... I mean, like... I think she got all the benefits of being, like, a Disney kid without, like... Ever actually... Without having to, like, sell her soul to Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Demi, for being a part of this Don't Blame Allie. This episode was brought to you by Demi and Demi only. <laughs> by Demi. Demi directed, produced, <laughs> and let us Control directed. And everyone. she would have it no other way. <laughs> Demi, will you share your handles so they can all be blessed by your content oh following my this episode? Goodness, yes. You can find me on Instagram at Demi E H E N D. So my name's Demi Henderson. So it's D-E-M-I-E-H-E-N-D. Perfect. Fabulous. Fabulous. And with that, please follow Good for a Weekend at GFA Weekend. Y'all know the drill. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Discord. Come chat about everything we talked about today. And with that, G-Fa out. G-Fa out. (laughs) (laughs) We did it! We did it! Lord save me, my drug is my baby I'd be using for the rest of my life I've been breaking hearts a long time